What's up everybody? My name is Andrew and welcome to the Bundesliga. This is episode 19 and today is going to be a good one. Let's just get right into it. So first match I'm going to start off with is RB Leipzig versus Eintracht Frankfurt. So if you guys listened to last week's episode, I kind of uh, had a rant about Frankfurt and how crappy they've been since they sold their top three striking players, attacking players in Allaire, Rebic, and Jovic. And this week, they kind of made me eat those words. So a week after I trashed them, they post a shutout, a clean sheet, versus the league leaders in RB Leipzig. We had goals from Almami Torre and Philip Kostic late in the stoppage time. So they really, uh, they really made me eat my words there. There was a goalkeeping masterclass from Kevin Trapp. I mean, he was just really, really good in net. And that's not easy to do against RB Leipzig, especially with Timo Werner and the Golden Boot Race and Sabitzer and all the other good players they have. He did a real good job in net for Antrag Frankfurt. It's a huge part of why they got that clean sheet. So maybe I was being too hard on them. Maybe it's just because I really, really liked the attacking trio of Alera, Jovic, and Rebic. Um, I kind of have that nostalgia factor. But... They do sit in ninth place right now, which isn't the best, isn't the worst. I think in the Bundesliga, that is dead in the middle. Out of 18 teams, ninth puts them dead in the middle. But they do hold victories over Bayern and Leipzig, the two best teams in the Bundesliga right now. And in their European run, they even beat Arsenal from the Premier League. So maybe they're not as bad as I think. Maybe I'm just, you know, screaming wolf here. But I think Eintracht Frankfurt has lots of room for improvement in this season for sure. Also, I want to point out how tragic this loss is for Leipzig. They were the league leaders going into this week, and if they really want to make a run for the title, they need every victory they can get because they have Bayern breathing down their neck, they have Dortmund breathing down their neck, they have Gladbach breathing down their neck. So they really need to win every game, and every team really needs to win every game and get all the points they can because this race is going to be a close one. So speaking of one of those top three teams, Gladbach is up next. We had Gladbach versus Mainz. So Gladbach gives up an early goal, but Alisson Playa comes back with two goals, and then Neuhaus finishes it off with the third late goal to give Gladbach the victory. So there you go, Leipzig. You drop points, Gladbach picks them up, and we got a race in our hands. Now, they needed this win to keep themselves in the race. They were only one point behind Bayern in third place. Gladbach don't really have a dedicated scorer from what I've noticed. Their goals come from multiple players, mostly Playa, Briel Embolo, and Thuram. So they don't really have that one player like Bayern does in Lewandowski or like Leipzig does in Timo Werner. They kind of rely on multiple different players to score. And from the looks of their goal differential, they don't really score that many goals. So some of their games must be low-scoring winners. But they are still in this race very much. And if... Any team drops points, one of the other ones is going to pick them up and make them pay for it. So this is uh, an interesting race for sure. Also, one thing I want to point out, if you guys check the show notes for this episode, one of the cheekiest trick goals I've seen in a long, long time was scored by Allison Playa. Check that video out in the show notes. It's a treat. You won't regret it. It's such a nice goal. Definitely check it out. Now, next up, we have... Bayern Munich versus Schalke. This is always a fun game, this fixture here. Mainly because Bayern's had Schalke's number for a number of years running, but also because these two teams just have a bit of a rivalry, so it's always fun to watch them play. So I was nervous going into this one because of Schalke's good form recently. Um, last year they weren't so good, but this year they are definitely playing a lot, lot better. 
So this was going to be an interesting one for sure. For 60 minutes, there's kind of a deadlock. No team is really doing much. But then in the final 30, 40 minutes, Bayern just dominates the game. Final score is 5-0. And that's including two goals being removed by VAR. Keep that in mind with the 5-0 scoreline. It could have been a lot higher if some of those were onside. I actually think that one of them was a proper goal, but, you know, can't really argue. So with this game, Lewandowski ties Gerd Muller for the most goals at this point in the season. I'll have a chart about that, an article actually, in the show notes for this episode. Definitely check it out. Another great thing to see from Bayern's side is Muller's renaissance continues, and he really, really shines in this game. He's got a goal, he's got a hockey assist, and you know he's really giving trouble to a lot of the defenders. He's contributing on the field with goals and assists. He is kind of getting back to the form of what we know that Muller is. He's attacking all the time all over the pitch. We call him the Raumdeuter, it's a German word. It kind of means he wanders all over the field, so you never really know where he is. He doesn't really have a set position, and that's really dangerous when the other teams don't know where a player is going to be because he doesn't really have a defined role. He kind of goes in and finds empty space. So that's uh, proving to be very dangerous to other teams right now. In my opinion, he is uh, definitely one of the better Bayern players right now. And with his current form, I definitely think he should be starting over Philip Coutinho, which he has been. I just hope that that continues. Something else that's good that I've been noticing recently in Bayern games is that Lewandowski is showing a sign of real maturity, and that's that he's not being as selfish as he used to be. He used to always want to be goal scorer, but now he's definitely turning goal provider as well. He had a beautiful assist with uh, Thiago's goal, and even in previous games, it's really the last couple months and maybe the last season or two where he's started making this change. Early in his career with Bayern, he was definitely very selfish, would always want the ball, would always take shots when there was someone else open near nearby and that kind of hurt the team at times even though he's a really prolific goal scorer if you don't have the best shooting opportunity and someone around you does you pass them the ball so they can get the goal it is a team sport i get individual statistics matter but it's really more about the team at the end of the day that wins the game now an interesting situation in this game from the Schalke side is actually the goalkeeping situation. So Alexander Nubel has been out on red card suspension and Marcus Schubert has been playing as his replacement in the meantime. Now during his red card suspension, Nubel actually secured a transfer over to Bayern Munich in the summer. That's pretty controversial because he's the captain of Schalke. He's a great, great, amazing goaltender. He's very young at age 23, I believe, and he was Schalke's starting goaltender. Now, Schalke's really upset about this, so there was talks of keeping Schubert in the net for the remainder of the season, even when Nubel comes back from red card suspension. That was the plan from everything that I've been hearing from the rumors. And then Schubert goes and has this pretty horrible game, really. He, he did have moments where he made some amazing, amazing saves, but then he also had moments where there were individual errors that led to goals. At least two of the goals were clear, just individual errors on Schubert. But anytime you give up five goals in a game is going to be on the goalkeeper to some degree. The plan might have been to keep Schubert in there for the rest of the season, but now there's really no way that Schalke can justify to themselves keeping Schubert in net over Nubel. You know, they may have wanted to punish Nubel for securing that transfer, 
but now it clearly seems like he is the best option if they want to continue winning. So there might be a bittersweet moment for the management of Schalke, but it's probably the right move for them to do if they want to keep winning games. All right, up next we have Dortmund versus FC Cologne. Now, both teams are in a bit of a hot streak right now. If you guys listened to last week's episode, you know that Dortmund signed Erling Haaland, and he got off to an amazing start with a hat trick off the bench versus Augsburg last week. Then we have Cologne that's gotten 12 points in the last four games, so on a four-game undefeated streak. So both these teams carry that coming into this week's game. Cologne has had victories over Leverkusen, Frankfurt, and Wolfsburg in that stretch. So I wouldn't call that the easiest stretch, not the most difficult either. It's not like they played against uh, you know Bayern and Leipzig in that stretch, but those are still good teams to have victories against. However, Dortmund proves too much to handle for them with an easy 5-1 victory to Dortmund. Now for Dortmund, that's 10 goals in the last two matches, which is pretty amazing. It's a good stretch for them. Erling Haaland does the same thing he did last week, comes off the bench, scores two goals this time, not three, but he is proven to be pretty prolific in the Bundesliga with five goals and I believe it's 56 minutes on the pitch. So that's really awesome for him. Jaden Sancho gets a goal and assist as well. So that's awesome for him. And Erling Haaland, like I mentioned a second ago, with his two goals off the bench, he's kind of proven to be a bit of a Paco Alcácer character. That was what I kept talking about Paco Alcácer last season. That he'd come off the bench, score, come off the bench, score, come off the bench and score. That was his MO last year and seems to be Erling Haaland's MO this year. He just rides the bench for the first half, comes on when they need him and scores goals. So well, it's going to be interesting to see how that develops with all the attacking players that Dorman has, because they have a lot of them, and not all of them are going to be able to stay. So it's going to be interesting to see which ones they keep, which ones they sell, which ones they let go. That's going to be something to keep an eye out for in the summer. Now there's just a few teams I want to talk briefly about. First of them, we briefly mentioned, but I'm going to go in a little bit more of a deep dive here, and that is Cologne. So Cologne had a horrible start to the season. They had one win in their first seven matches. That's almost as bad as Schalke. That probably is worse than Schalke was last season. After beating Paderborn, which is their one victory, they went on another six-game winless streak. So combine all that together, that's definitely worse than Schalke's losing streak last year. However, they did end the Hinderunde with three wins in three games, like I mentioned, during their four-game win streak, the fourth game of which was the first week of the Rückrunde. So they continued their streak across the winter break. This brought them out of relegation and into 14th place, three points outside the relegation playoff. With this hot and cold that Cologne's been going through this season, will they be able to build on this recent success and keep themselves in the middle of the table? Or will they falter again and fall back down into the relegation zone? we got to watch the rest of the season, see how it folds out, and see if they're able to remain afloat. Next up, I want to talk about Bayer Leverkusen. Now, last year they finished in a Champions League spot. That was really good for them. They got unlucky in the group they were placed with because they had Juventus and Atletico. And I also believe uh, Lokomotiv Moscow was in there as well. So this year, I don't see them as serious title contenders, but I do think that they want to get Champions League action again and more consistently year after year. With Peter Bosch as their coach and a deep midfield and players that have been playing together for a long, long time, I think they can consistently 
play in the Champions League if they get everything right. Their tactics, their coach, their players, their lineups, if they continue to get all that right, I can easily see them continuing to get in the Champions League year after year. And hopefully they start getting deeper or at least getting lucky with the group picks and not ending up with Juventus and Atletico. Now, I think the only thing you need to build on this season is finding a way to unlock the potential of Kai Havertz. They did it last year in his, I don't know if it's his rookie season, but he was 19 years old, and I believe he got 17 goals and three assists. This year, so far, he only has four goals and two assists, not really on pace to match what he did last year. It remains to be seen if last year was a fluke and this year is kind of his normal range or vice versa. He is still very young. Expecting so much from a 20-year-old is ludicrous. But we do need to see better numbers than that if he wants to bring his team into the Champions League consistently and play very well and potentially challenge for the title of the Bundesliga in future seasons. Now, one of the last things I want to mention is that not only is the Bundesliga title race really amazing right now and full of drama, and like I mentioned last week, a lot more exciting than the Premier League, the race for European competition is awesome as well this year. So we have the teams currently in the Europa League spots, 6 and 7, fighting for Champions League spots. We have the teams in 7th and 8th place that are still mathematically contenders for the Europa League spots as well. So the teams all the way from 8th place through 4th and 3rd place, all those teams can still end up either in Champions League or Europa League or can fall out. It's going to be a race for European competition just as much as it's going to be a race for the Bundesliga title. So keep an eye out for that and... I hope a lot of German teams get in the Champions League and do very well next year because that'll bring some more attention to the league and hopefully Leverkusen gets lucky and does not get Juventus and Atletico Madrid again. But yeah, definitely keep an eye out for the European competition as well. All right, so this week's Man of the Match Day. For me, there were really three contenders. That was Erling Holland again, Jaden Sancho, and then Thomas Muller. And this week, I'm going to have to give it to Thomas Muller. Reason being is he is also on a hot streak. Not as hot as Holland in terms of scoring, but just as important to his team. And for that reason, I'm picking Thomas Muller. Two games in a row, he's got a goal. He's got assists. He's very important in the build-up play. He's finding those areas that are dangerous against opposition. And he is just in his renaissance right now. So for that reason, Thomas Muller is the man of the match day. Congratulations to him. So that's all I got for you guys this week. Definitely check out the show notes. The few things I have in there so far are the article about Lewandowski's uh, goal-scoring record. We have highlights of the Bayern game, highlights of the Dortmund game. We have the amazing, amazing goal by Allison Playa. Please check that out. Do yourself a favor. And then we also have the current Bundesliga table. So you can kind of see who is where, how many goals everyone has, and the Golden Boot race is in there as well. Definitely check it out, and that way you can get familiar with the table. All right, guys, my name is Andrew. This has been Episode 19. I'll see you guys next time. (laughs) 